Handel on this the fourth Sunday of Advent, we hear from Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out, In the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him, and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God and let's pray. God, on this morning full of cold and snow, we hear the warmth of your voice through the singing and through the playing of instruments and we give you praise. We pray, God, that you would continue to speak. May your words be heard afresh. It's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Like I am sure many of you this Christmas season, Megan and I decided this year that we would steal our Christmas tree rather than actually paying for one. I mean, with Christmas trees being $60, $70 or more, it just doesn't make sense to invest in something for three or four weeks. Am I right? You guys are really nervous. I'm, I'm, I am I'm somewhat kidding. But what happened was that on Tuesday evening, Megan and I and our girls, we finally had time to get a Christmas tree. And so we went to the lot from whence we were going to buy the tree, and there was nobody there. Just a bunch of trees looking lonely and desperate for a home. And so as we looked at those lonely trees, and as I looked at the faces of my children who have been desperately asking for weeks when we were going to buy our tree, and when I further looked to see no security cameras, we took the tree and we stuffed it in our van. Now, we had every intention of paying it back, and we did. I mean, what else are you going to do when the police officer comes to your home? And so, just kidding. 
But as I thought about that this week, I realized that if we did not have children and we had shown up to this lot, we would have just driven off. We wouldn't have gotten a tree. Quite frankly, if we didn't have kids, we probably would not have gotten a tree at all this season. It's been said, and rightfully so, that children help to renew your vigor for the Christmas season. Our, our four-year-old, if we go out right now when it's dark time out, she can see simply one strand, one gangly strand of, uh, of Christmas lights, and she lets off an ooh or an awe as if she has just seen the lit up Eiffel Tower on a Parisian evening. Our five-year-old, after we decorated the Christmas tree, the aforementioned stolen Christmas tree, she, she gasped and she said to us, this, I love this day. We love, they love especially the songs, they love the Christmas treats, they love the lights, they love everything about Christmas. Yes, children help us to get into the Christmas spirit. But as I was thinking about that even more this week, I realized that while most of us would probably agree to that, I'm not sure how many of us would agree to the fact That the exile, what we've been talking about all during this Advent season, brokenness and pain, struggle and strife, how those actually should also put us into a Christmas spirit, just like children do. Now, I realize, I'm very cognizant that during this season, I have not been talking about overly celebratory and exciting things. Brokenness and pain do not excite most of us. I I realize that there are probably some of you who are thinking, never invite the pastor over to your Christmas party because he'll be talking about struggle and pain and suffering, and all we want to do is drink eggnog and wear an ugly sweater. But it seems to me what I have been suggesting over these last few weeks and what Scott started suggesting at the very first Sunday of Advent is the reality that it is only when we are willing to face the struggles and difficulties and strains of life outside of us and even inside of us that we can genuinely begin to celebrate Christmas. This past week has been a particularly difficult one in the life of the family of ZPC. This week, in this beautifully decorated sanctuary with a Christmas tree or an Advent tree with Advent candles and poinsettias and lights and wreaths, in the midst of that, two times we have had to be in this same room saying goodbye to two fathers who still had school-aged children. It has been a remarkably difficult week. And as I said in the funeral yesterday, it is in moments like these when the words of Isaiah that I just read are particularly poignant. All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades. Isaiah was also not someone you would have wanted to invite to your Christmas party. But what Isaiah is doing is being remarkably honest 
about the fragility and the vulnerability and the frailty of this world and of our lives. I think most of us probably would prefer to ignore those things. Thinking, of course, if we ignore them, then perhaps we will never actually have to face them. But Isaiah wants to disavail us of that mirage because he realizes it is only in facing those things that we begin to realize just how much we need the eternal God. Walter Brueggemann points out that this is actually the first place in all of Scripture where the gospel is intentionally inserted. The good news, the prophet is told to share the good news. The good news, of course, is the gospel. And what is that good news? It is that your God is here. The good news is not that you will have no struggles, that you will have no strains, that you are perfect, that the world in which we are living in is perfect by no means. The good news is that whom we believe as Christians, Emmanuel, has been born into this world. The good news is that we do not have to engage in those difficult things without God. What is so refreshing to me about the scripture, as I have shared with you on many occasions, is just how honest it is. The scriptures do not say to us, pay no attention to all of this difficult part of our world. Pay attention, look over here to some kind of dancing clown who's juggling on a unicycle. No, 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 no. The scriptures are brutally honest about the reality where most of us find ourselves. Yes, the world is broken and fragile. Yes, most of us, all of us, are oftentimes broken and fragile. But that God is here to love us in the midst of that. As I shared in the funeral yesterday... Jesus was not born into this world so that we could have two days off of work or school. Jesus was not born into this world so that children could have cute little pictures of them sitting on some plump man in a red suit. Jesus was born into this world because the grass withers and the flowers fade. And we are that grass. We are those flowers. The hope for this world is not in figuring all of those things out. The hope for this world is in knowing we serve a God who already has and who will continue to. There is a freedom in knowing that we can depend on God. Last couple of weeks, one of the things that I have begun to realize is that, is that there are two different kinds of Christmas revelers, two different kinds of Christmas partiers, if you will. 
There are those who love to go from party to party. They love to give gifts and to receive gifts. They love the songs of Christmas, but they love all of those things, and they do all of those things primarily because it helps to distract them from the realities of this world or even their world, from the realities of the fact that we are withering grass and we are fading flowers. Those who would prefer, and quite frankly, all of us do at some point, in our lives, to bury our heads in the sand, to turn up our favorite Christmas carols, and to forget and avoid any difficult thought. And then there are the Christmas revelers, the partiers, who also like to go from party to party, who also like to sing Christmas carol songs, who love to do those things, to give and to receive gifts, but they do so not in order to hide from the realities of the world, but because of the fact that they are painfully aware of that reality. And it has helped them to see that because of that, they need God. They are not afraid to admit that, yes, they are withering grass. Yes, they are fading flowers. And it helps them to see that because of that, there is no way that they can do this without God. And the good news, the great news, the gospel news is that they do not have to. That life will continue to be difficult But there is great freedom and rejoicing in knowing that we do not have to be perfect. And that in the midst of that, we can rest, as Isaiah says, in the arms of the shepherd who takes us into his bosom. And that, sisters and brothers, is reason to celebrate. We have one week Christmas revelers to rejoice and to celebrate before Christmas Day. And the question for us is, why will we celebrate? This is not a question of whether or not you like eggnog or not, or whether you prefer a Santa hat or a reindeer hat. This is a question of the heart. Why is it that you celebrate Christmas? Is it in order to avoid pain and discomfort? Is it in order to avoid your own struggle and sins and weakness? Or is it because you know that you are grass, that you are a fading flower, but you have the courage to admit that and the courage to depend upon the Almighty? My hope and my prayer, brothers and sisters, is that you will celebrate this week. Whether you have been invited to ten parties or to no parties, whether you have been listening to Christmas music from November 1st, or whether you can't wait until December 26th when the music will finally shut up, whether you like Santa Claus or you dislike Santa Claus, or you are beginning to look more and more like Santa Claus, whether or not you have the perfectly bedazzled $200 Christmas tree, or whether or or not you have a Charlie Brown Christmas tree that you have stolen, the good news is this. That the reason we celebrate 
is because we know that even though we are grass and flowers, we serve a Lord who was born to be with us, to save us, to make us whole, despite our brokenness and our pain. Yes, the grass withers. Yes, the flowers fade. But the word of the Lord stands forever. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. God, may you make us into a people who are critically aware of our vulnerability, of our own struggles, our own brokenness and pain. And in the midst of that, God, may we increasingly begin to see how you are the God who lasts forever. May we celebrate that reality. Hallelujah. Amen.